your balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 21 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business administration, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products. And we give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Each show is only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes easily if you're a new listener. Now, my philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded and try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic and it surprised you in how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover here. Thank you to everyone who's been telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. That is much appreciated. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com, clicking the Amazon banner at the bottom of the homepage, and then doing some shopping. When using the Amazon banner, you get to check some shopping off your to-do list, and then Boost gets a kickback, so everybody wins. And one last thing that would really help the show, please take a few minutes to subscribe to the show, rate the show five stars, and leave a written review of the show in iTunes. I realize not everyone listens on iTunes, so I made the show available on various platforms such as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and so on. Announcements. The Boost Health Performance Apparel Shop just closed on August 15th for the next round of orders. Don't worry if you didn't get your order in this time, as we'll open the store again in the fall. And we actually have some really cool pieces for winter that are coming in, so you have to check that out. If you haven't seen the gear yet, you can see some of it in action on the My Boost Health Instagram, Facebook, and Strava feeds, including the strength gear, cycling gear, multi-sport gear, and casual wear. Check it out and stay tuned for discounts during the next ordering period. Newsletter, if you haven't already signed up for the weekly Boost newsletter, you can do so by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage of myboosthealth.com. It's really easy. That way you don't miss out on any Boost Health news. One last announcement on the show length. One of the things folks are letting us know they like about the show is that it's concise, getting lots of good information in in just 15 or 20 minutes. And that's actually one of my objectives for the show from the very beginning. As you may have noticed, the show's we're running a little bit longer when I had guests, so to keep the show concise, I'm going to break them down into 20-minute segments or so, so part one, part two, part three, etc., as needed. So you get all the good information, but in bite-sized chunks. And this is the case with the show you're about to hear. All right, now on with the program. Episode 21 of the Boost Health podcast is titled Mobility versus Flexibility, How Mobility Enhances Your Performance Part one. I have a special guest with me today, Mr. Joel. Well, let's let's get this right. Is it Lee Ginger or Lie Ginger? It's Lee Ginger. Lee Ginger. Okay. I think I've asked you that a few times, but I think I think I've got it now. Lee Ginger. That's all right, everybody does. <laughs> Believe it or not, he's a very good friend of mine who I met through a local cycling club here in Hong Kong called the the SIRS. 
And uh, I asked Joel to be on the show with me today because he has a ton of experience and perspective in this fitness discipline that I've become absolutely obsessed with lately. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's, it's amazing. And I think adding in this discipline is, is going to be a tremendous opportunity to improve my health. And if you've been following along in my journey, I think you'll think that's a, a pretty big statement, but I really do think it's, it's a big game changer. So there's a little cliffhanger for you. Before we dig into what this new obsession of mine is, I want to tell you a little bit about my guest, Joel. So he's lived here in Hong Kong uh, with his wife, Emily, and three kids. He's got a kid named Charlie, Eleanor, and Elizabeth, and they've been here in Hong Kong for the past eight years. He works for a little company called AIA, and that's a joke for those of you listening in the other parts of the world. It's actually the largest insurance company across Asia, and he's been with AIA in numerous roles uh, for his full time in Hong Kong, and he currently runs their third-party distribution platform. As for a little more on Joel's personal background, before we get into the show, Joel's athletic background covers team and individual sports and both organized and outdoor activities. He grew up, as many of us did, playing numerous sports, and his include swimming competitively, baseball, soccer, tennis, football, rugby, and ice hockey, lots of different sports. And he spent 10 years doing triathlon, and he was a solid age group competitor in the U.S. before having kids and stepped back from the sport. So as those of you know that have competed in triathlon, uh, it takes, takes lots and lots of time. And that's just a sign that he's you know, a committed dad who wanted to spend more time with the family, which I think is great. And more recently, you know, he's been a keen cyclist and a CrossFitter, which is actually a pretty awesome combination. It's one of the th reasons that Joel and I really get along. He, he really does a nice job of combining strength training with his endurance training. Uh, so he does these to keep himself tuned up for his real passion, which is skiing, snow skiing in the winter. That's a little bit about Joel, and you'll hear a lot more from him throughout the show. Um, we've spent many hours <laughs> on the bike chatting about our, our different passions with wellness and fitness and all things life, really. And as you know, the theme on this blog and podcast is to try new things, try new wellness tactics and see what sticks for you. It's a personal journey. As we all respond differently to different stimuli, you really have to try different things for yourself. I always say, you know, try to take one or two percent from from everything and everybody, and 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 put it together for your own plan. Well, I think the top we're going to talk about today is is more like five or ten percent, or, or maybe even more. It's it's just tremendous. Now, somehow, along my wellness journey, I had not truly discovered mobility. I've danced around it with all sorts of different disciplines, like dynamic warm up foam rolling and smashing, yoga, aldoa, and flexibility training. Now, these can assist with mobility, but they're not a dedicated mobility program, <laughs> as I quickly learned. Now, what do I mean? Is, isn't flexibility mobility? No. Let me explain with an example. A couple months ago, I did a cycling race put on by the Dragons Triathlon Club here in Hong Kong. It was a four-man time trial race across 48K, and our team was comprised of Joel with me today, Rick, Tom, and myself. And we worked hard. We put in a good effort on the course. And afterward, we were having coffee and the topic of functional fitness and mobility came up. And keep in mind, we had just finished a race. Joel decided to perform a perfect pistol squat in reference to mobility. And if you don't know much about pistol squats, we'll get into it here in a little bit, but it is the epitome of, of mobility. Just, I'll jump in there and add that I had just gotten back from a four-day weekend trip to San Francisco, which is 14 and a half hour flight to and from. 
<laughs> right. So, so the guy did a huge bike race, huge effort, and also had flown across the entire world. Not, not too shabby. So he executed a perfect pistol squat and we were all very impressed with this. It was really, really amazing. And he asked me if I wanted to do one and I just said, no, no, I, you know, a little tired after the race, but I, I, I had never really tried one. So if you're not familiar with the pistol squat, like I said, it's regarded as one of the best exercises to showcase your fitness ability. And the most basic terms, you're, you're basically completing a squat on one leg while extending the opposite leg straight out in front of the body and, and balancing. And you can see a beautifully executed pistol squat um, by calisthenics expert, Al Cavito. Um, and he's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist too. I'll link to that in the show notes and blog. The reason it's highly regarded is because it's something that you really should be worked up to slowly. It takes a, a long time to, to master. Now, so for those of you that have followed me for a while, know I, I designed a pretty good fitness program for myself. I do strength training three times a week. I cycle, I swim, I run. I do dynamic warmups before all my workouts, all my sports. I do cool downs with stretching. Within these disciplines, I'd say I'm pretty strong. I, you know, I'm strong in squats and presses and deadlifts. I, I'm saying I'm pretty flexible if you look at a standard like a sit and reach. But with all of this training and ability, I was not even able to come close, not even close to performing the pistol squat correctly. It was pretty pathetic. Why? Why was this? The answer, as I've come to learn, is my lack of mobility. Mobility isn't flexibility, as I said before. There's a great article on shape.com that goes into what the difference between mobility and flexibility is. And another certified strength and conditioning specialist, Grayson Wickham, very nicely described flexibility as temporarily elongating your connective tissue, which I think we can all agree with. And mobility, and this is really good, it's moving muscles under control through range of motion in a socket. And he suggests that flexibility body awareness, strength, and coordination are all components of mobility. I think this is a really brilliant way of thinking about mobility, and it's pretty intuitive. It's almost like a, you know, like a door hinge. And if you lack mobility, you know, you're sort of getting stuck in that swing on the door. For example, you might have really good body awareness and flexibility, but if you don't have enough strength and coordination in your hips and glutes, then you may not be able to perform a squat, just as an example. So Joel, I want to ask you a few questions here because I'm super, super interested in, in how the hell you were able to perform such an awesome pistol squat. So let's, let's start from the beginning. Can you tell us the story, first of all, of how you got interested in mobility work? Sure. Thanks, Paul. And it's great to be here. I think uh, for those of you listening, this isn't much different than our usual conversation on any bike ride <laughs> on a Tuesday or Thursday or, or Saturday morning here in Hong Kong. Uh, so bear with us while we, I think, dork out a little bit on, <laughs> on fitness and wellness in general. I think, you know, Paul, for me, the mobility journey, you know, is something that has been with me really my entire life. But actually, most recently, and I think it's been the last three or four years, mobility for me has really been a structured regimen for recovery. I think as I've moved away from triathlon when I had kids, I needed to find something that was going to replace that intensity, but also sort of that community. And I found CrossFit and I hadn't had much of a strength and conditioning background before. So as what I found was, is I was trying to do the endurance-based stuff and add strength and conditioning. I just felt fatigued all the time. I was constantly sore, joints ached. I didn't have the energy and I needed to find a new rhythm, you know, new balance for how I was going to add the, this new element, but also keep 
the interest and the ability to do the other ones. And so what I found was, is actually I needed to find some time and it was really just 15 or 20 minutes to really work through the stiffness. And I think one of the things that I found uh, as a result of all of that is movement is key, right? If you go out and you're constantly, you know, a weekend warrior and you're just putting in some time during the week and you're trying to be really fit on the weekend. And as you know, our surge, you know, colleagues are extremely fast on the bike. And so to be even at all able to keep up with them out there on the roads in Hong Kong as we climb these big hills, you know, I needed some recovery effort that was really put into the time that I was putting into the gym. And so that's how I stumbled onto mobility. And uh, Kelly Starrett, who's a, a big influencer of mine in the mobility space, has come out of the CrossFit world uh, originally, but is someone who has now broadened his entire sort of mobility philosophy into all areas of human performance and athleticism. And so for me, it really was how do I uh, recover properly to be able to maintain a certain level of performance? And, and even just as a weekend warrior, I'm no you know, high-performance athlete by any means. Oh, you, I think you don't give yourself enough credit. You're a pretty darn good athlete. Um, you know, that's interesting. Those of you that don't know about Kelly Starrett, you know, he's, he's well known as probably one of the, you know, masterminds behind mobility. He is a very successful physical therapist out of San Francisco. He owns his own CrossFit gym out there. And I wonder, I don't know the backstory on this, but I'm, I, maybe you do Joel, but you know, he started Mobility Wad. That's his. That's his company. He's written a book called The Supple Leopard, along with a few others. And uh, I wonder if he saw the need after opening up his CrossFit gym and being a, a physical therapist for additional work in mobility after he started seeing people struggle in CrossFit. Like if you're trying to get just into a basic squat position and, you know, you see people start turning their feet out yeah, or yeah. not, not pushing their knees out like they should as they, as they drop down. I wonder if that's when he saw the the demand and the need for, gosh, we just need to get people mobile before we even try some of these moves. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know Kelly personally, but, you know, being a sort of an avid follower of his, I think his, the emerging thesis of a lot of strength and conditioning or just athletic performance people in any part of the industry is just emerging to be more around just all well-rounded human wellness, right? It's nutrition, it's mobility, it's strength and conditioning, it's endurance. And it really is back to, you know, the, the basis or the grassroots of how humans developed. And I think that's where he, you know, sort of caught on to that trend early on. Um, but as you said, you know, I think he's, a, he's sort of a, a leading light when it comes to mobility specifically and, you know, how should humans be able to function, right? And so that's where the pistol comes from, right, is you should be able to get down into a pistol squat and actually be able to put your hands over your head, right? And that is sort of the extreme end range of great mobility. And I can't do the hands over the head part just so that you know I'm not fully there on my own mobility <laughs> journey. So it's, uh, you know, it's something for us all to work on. You know, the, I remember once when we were talking about mobility, actually, I think it was that same day that you showed us that pistol. And I was so impressed. You said that mobility changed your life and I'm, I'm maybe a week or eight or nine days into my program. And, uh, and I've already alluded to the fact that I, I think it's going to be sort of this big missing piece that I've had. I've danced around it, but I've never really done the proper work. When you said it, it changed your life. What do you mean? How, how did it? How did it actually change it? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I think, one, I wasn't saying it flippantly. I think it really has changed my life. And I guess that's a big statement. But, you know, to me, I see sort of three big blocks in my fitness regimen. 
there's the endurance work, there's the strength and conditioning work, and then there's the recovery work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing all three of those things equally, then you're not going to perform to the best of your ability. And so adding that, uh, that piece in a very robust and well-structured way has changed my life. So fundamentally, you know, I stretch or mobilize 15 to 20 minutes every day, every day. And my routine is I wake up in the morning, I walk into the kitchen, I boil some water, I have uh, lemon water with honey, right. And, and drink that while I'm doing my mobility work. And I've gotten to a point now where I know, uh, sort of what I'm working on or what my issues are, what my goals are with, with respect to my own mobility. Uh, but at the same time, you know, where I need a top up, right. There's plenty of resources out there and, you know, uh, Kelly Starrett or K-Star as he is known is just one of those resources. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of them out there. I think as you sort of start to build your own curriculum and your own knowledge base, you know, there's a, there's a lot that you can, can work on, but there's sort of two fundamental aspects to it. One is work on an area that you know is hurting because you've been sitting down or because you've been on an airplane or because for us cyclists, you've been sitting on a bike for six hours and pedaling away. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that is not moving because it's static. And so you need to work on that area. The other thing is go work on an area with your mobility that you're going to need. So if you're going to do some squats later in the day, right, do it's basically dynamic warm up. So mm -hmm. actually there's not a whole lot of difference necessarily between dynamic warm up and mobility, but it's about making sure on the, the mobility side that you're working through those things in the end ranges of that ideal, right? Yes. Position. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, uh, I guess, terminology here, but basically, you know, if you're going to be doing squats later, right? You need to be able to work through that entire end range motion of what right. a squat is. And so a squat warm up isn't just go do 10 squats. Actually, a squat warm up is you should be able to do lunges, you should be able to do split squats, you should be able to do a whole bunch of things that put you in the end range of where that functional movement is going to take you so that you're going to have maximal strength at that end range. And that's really what mobility is all about. Yeah, that's a good point. Even, you know, to use your squat example, a dynamic squat warm-up would be a squat hold, like going to the bottom of your end range, like you said, and getting into position, not for 10 minutes necessarily in a dynamic warm-up. You don't want to, you know, totally cash yourself, but to go down there for 20 or 30 seconds, especially if that's challenging and and find where's the bottom today. Absolutely. And then, then when you go get underneath a bar or go under dumbbells, yep. find that same spot. Yep. I, and I, and I'm not exaggerating it. Like I said, I've been doing this eight or nine days. I've, I've been doing it before, during and after my workouts, squat holds and a few other mobility moves. And my bottom position is lower and the power and the torque that I feel during a squat alone is, is noticeable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's where, you know, this, this is all very closely, you know, related to strength and conditioning. So, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about strength and conditioning training like you know you shouldn't squat because it's bad for your knees <laughs> it's like well right. you know we humans you know two thousand years ago used to sit right in on their haunches right in a squat position you know and work with stone tools right and actually that's where sort of my own personal journey actually started with all of this mobility stuff actually a long long time ago uh is my mother is sort of a, a big yogi and a big sort of naturalist and you know, we grew up in California back in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, she's a big gardener and she used to be out there gardening, you know, in the flower beds, weeding or whatever it is, you know, sitting in a squat on her haunches for hours. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, you know, when we'd go out as little kids and help, you know, we'd be like, wow, this is really hard. And she was like, yeah, but you need to be able to do it. Right. And then as you grow up and you start to see people 
uh, we, we've got lots of friends who are very good athletes who cannot squat with their heels down. Right. Right. And that is not, uh, that's not normal, right? Normal is you should be able to squat and you should be able to hold it for 10 minutes. That's, it shouldn't be an issue for anyone. And so that doesn't mean everyone should go out and do it tomorrow, right? <laughs> right. You need to challenge yourself. And I think there's a whole, uh, there's a whole philosophy around, you know, stressing the system and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, which is how we improve. And that's true for endurance. It's true for us cyclists. We call it the pain cave, <laughs> right? Like unless you're putting yourself in those situations and it's true for mobility, you're not going to make improvement. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up, you know, the sort of our heritage as humans and, you know, needing to be able to, to squat and we've sort of ruined ourselves with how much we sit even on, even when we're doing something out athletic, like Absolutely. in a saddle. And so we sort of have to relearn slowly, um, how to do something that we should have always been able to do. And if, if you look at cultures that, that don't have the luxury of sitting all day in an office chair, you don't see the incidence of disc and low back disease. Absolutely. So you know, there's, there's a reason why, you know, elderly Japanese can get up and down off of their beds, which are on the floor. That's because they're doing it every day. Right. right? And so one of the favorite things, I, favorite sayings I like to use in, when it comes to mobility is, you know, objects in motion stay in motion. Right. And that's, <laughs> right. that's you know, it's true in physics, right? It's mathematically true. And that we need to be moving through the fullest ranges of our motion if we want to be able to continue to use it. And yeah. as soon as we stop using it, it will go away. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So cultures that, that tend to, you know, sit while they're eating or sleep on the ground, as you said, or even, even use the toilet on the ground. These, these cultures have lower incidence of, of back issues. And so not necessarily saying you have to go use the toilet on the ground from now on, but that's like why you see companies like Squatty Potty that are trying to put us in a more natural position, more even natural when you're position. going to in the bathroom. So That's it's right. trying to, you know, I, I do a sit stand workstation and, you know, I talked about this on a show a, a few weeks ago where, um, a professor at Cornell is talking about the 2082 rule where you stand, uh, excuse me, you sit for, uh, 20 minutes, you stand for eight and then you move around for two. Well, yeah, sure. part sure. of that That's right. is just getting yourself into different positions and, yep. and throwing maybe even a squat hold in there if yep. you can. Well, people find it pretty funny because actually I will, uh, in the office, right, during meetings, I'll get up and I'll start walking around just because sitting is, you know, not good for you. Right. And again, for me, it's mostly about recovery because I've been, you know, active in the gym or on the bike or swimming or whatever it might be, you know, five, six days a week. You know, I, I want to continue to be able to perform. And again, it's, it, I'm competitive, right? I don't like when I go out with the SIRS and I can't keep up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they might be more focused on cycling. So they're faster on the bike than I am to begin with. So I have to work harder, right, to keep up and I can't be sore. I can't be stiff. And so you just have to keep working through. So I, I will throw a squat in, in a meeting. And people are like, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Well, and, and one last thing on, on sort of that topic is, you know, sort of the old school method of, you talked a lot about recovery already today. One of the old school methods with recovery is, you know, ice in it, you know, recover, elevate and, and throw some ice on it, whatever. There's actually plenty of research out now where actually, you know, active recovery is better, like mobilizing your body, getting some blood flowing, flushing some of the lactic acid out. That's actually going to make you feel way better yep. than if you just lay around and wait Absolutely. for something to recover. Certainly well, be I think faster. that's where, you know, in, in my mobility journey, there's a lot of tools and methods and interventions 
that uh, various schools of mobility or yoga or aldoa, as you've mentioned, uh, will introduce to you. And so there's things like blood flow restriction. There's things like smashing soft tissue work. Um, there's uh, dislocated joint uh, displacement type stuff. So all of that is actually the exact opposite of ice elevated <laughs> sit on your ass, yeah. right? It's yes. actually the best way to recover is to get blood flowing into that area because that's the goodness. That's what's going to make you better. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that when I get home from a big bike ride, I don't like to go lay on the couch for a couple hours. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, but that's just one element of the recovery process. Right. Absolutely. Well, I don't like to not be good at something. Uh, especially in the fitness arena. I've, I've been working in wellness and fitness for almost 20 years. And, and so I'm a little embarrassed. I'll be honest. I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't been properly mobilizing myself. So in addition to my renewed interest and in understanding of mobility, I've been inspired to take action, as I've said. And I've, I've struggled a little bit with this knee injury this year. I'm, I'm creeping up real quick on 40. I'm going to turn 40 in December. Um, but I'm not blaming it on that. Um, or maybe... Maybe just what I've been doing lately has, has caused me to, to get injured. And I just, I haven't been doing the right things to make it better. Uh, my, my osteopath thinks it's a tracking issue. Um, but I haven't been able to shake it for a few months and it only hurts when I run. So I've stopped running, which is frustrating. Um, this was actually ironically supposed to be the year that I improved my run. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, isn't that funny? Um, so, but I, I shouldn't be negative. I can do strength training. I can do mobility work, um, swimming, biking, all of that without issue. So I'm, I actually should be happy, but my hope is that this additional mobility training will help with some obvious imbalances that I have. And we talked about this already before the show, Joel, we, you know, we're both hypothesizing that this, this might help. So perhaps improving mobility in my hips and ankles, which is a big one I've noticed calves back, all of this will help me in my ability to run again with, without knee pain. So I'll keep you all posted on that. It'll sort of be an ongoing journey, but I, I'm curious, Joel, do you recall when you were first getting started with mobility, did you have soreness in your back and hips? Okay. We're going to stop there for part one, tune in for parts two and three over the next couple of weeks where we talk more about how mobility can actually improve your athletic performance and possibly decrease your chance of injury. It's really, really cool stuff. As I said, it's my my next big thing. I'm really, really excited about this mobility stuff. And also find out more about how Joel finds his overall balance, his overall wellness balance. So stay tuned over the next couple of weeks for parts two and three. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to my good buddy, Joel, for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Oh man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll have to have you back because we're going to have more uh, stories to share. I'm sure. Love to. Uh, so everybody, please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show in whatever podcast app you use. I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates all on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All you have to do is search for My Boost Health. You can also visit the My Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. And until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Joel Lee Ginger saying goodbye and find, find your, your balance. balance.